1: For the win, it's good.
0: Pukashevsky catch fire three, and that is good for the lead. Gilgis Alexander got it. The Thunder lead by one.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast post-game show. I'm your host, Justin, as Oklahoma City falls to the Philadelphia 76ers, 93 to 117. We are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomTownHoops.com. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and drop that five-star rating. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Facebook for all your Thunder content needs. Another great show live on the Locker Room app. If you haven't already, go download the Locker Room app. You can hang out with us, ask questions, jump up on stage, interact with us following each and every Thunder game. And of course, tomorrow night, Sunday, 9 p.m., don't miss our weekly live stream on YouTube and Facebook to break down everything Big Thunder news. Tonight we had a lot of Thunder news in and of itself. Baze is back. Dort is back. The Thunder might be signing Gabriel Deck. We hit on all of it. So without any further ado, let's get you to the show. What is up, everybody? We are coming at you live on the Locker Room app as the Oklahoma City Thunder fall to the Philadelphia 76ers 93 to 117. I want to start right from the get-go just by going through some of the the counting stats from tonight's game, because when you look at the final score and you look at the stats, uh, it's really easy to understand the story of tonight's game. Oklahoma City shoots 50% from the floor, which is better than the Sixers, who shot 46.8. Oklahoma City shoots 40% from three versus the Sixers, who shoot thirty one point six? Now that said, Oklahoma City only took twenty attempts compared to thirty eight for the Sixers. That's a obviously a very big difference. Free throws: Oklahoma City shoots forty seven percent compared to the Sixers sixty eight. That that one hurts. Uh, Oklahoma City nine of nineteen from the free throw line compared to seventeen of twenty five for the Sixers. Rebounds pretty even: forty five for OKC, forty seven for Philly. Assists pretty even, 21, OKC 24 for Philly, and then the turnovers. Oklahoma City with 23 turnovers leading to 32 points for Philadelphia compared to 10 turnovers leading to 9 points for Philly. If you want to know the story of this game, it is turnovers and to a slightly lesser extent, free throws. Oklahoma City played well outside of being careless with the basketball. They shot well. They rebounded well. They moved the ball well. They just threw the ball away <laughs> too many times, way too many times. And there's a lot of reasons for that. One, this is a young team. This is uh, the, the depth of roster exploration, whatever prestige euphemism you'd like to use for tanking. That's, that's what this is. Lots of young guys the headline coming into tonight's game is the return of Darius Baisley and Lou Dort. And while it was great to see those two play basketball again, I think it had a big part to do with all those turnovers for OKC. Quite literally, if you want to look at Darius Bazley's stat line Baz, my guy, nine turnovers of the thunders, 23, nine turnovers for Darius. Not great. Outside of that though, It felt like he played a good game. 7 of 12 from the floor for 17 points. 3 of 4 from behind the arc. 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal. Welcome back, Darius Baisley. Let's just maybe try to not throw the ball away so much. Bays came out cooking uh, right from the get-go. I think it was the first 6 points were off Baisley's 3s back-to-back to start the game. Looked really comfortable. Looked really solid. Looked locked in. I think, you know, a lot of times in the past, we were talking about this a little bit in our uncontested group chat. You see a guy come back from a long term injury like this, and you expect him to take it easy. You expect him to, you know, not play a ton of minutes, not look like his old self, all those kind of things. That wasn't Basley. That wasn't Basley tonight. And I think a lot of that probably has to do with we we've talked a lot about, and if you follow the Thunder much this season, it feels like they're being really conservative with injury management. I don't think as some might uh, surmise that OKC is making up injuries. I think they're just being really conservative. I think if this were another season, you probably see Bayes come back sooner. You probably see Baisley come back a week or two. I don't know. You You see him come back a lot sooner and you see him kind of ease back into the action. And I think that the Thunder just instead waited till he was back to 100%. And that's what we saw tonight. We saw 100% healthy Baisley, I think. And it, it had some high highs. However, much like we've talked most of this season, Bays continues to just kind of be a roller coaster. And tonight was no different. Three or four from behind the arc, like I mentioned, but nine turnovers. That's the good and the bad with Bays. What I like to see, though, again, was his confidence and comfortability, being able to jump back in after missing, I think it was 16 games. Like that, That's that's no joke. That's a long stretch. So it was good to see Bayes back on the court. Good to see him balling again. Uh, I hope he continues to get some good minutes for OKC moving forward. The next guy we have to talk about, the return of Lugens Dort. Oh, sweet Lou. I've missed you. I've missed watching you play basketball. Lou was everywhere, uh, as we'd expect. His his injury, I uh, you know, a concussion protocol, didn't expect that to affect his on-court play like we might have expected from Baisley. But nonetheless, great to see Lou back on the floor. 15 points tonight, 6 of 12 shooting, 2 of 4 from behind the arc. My man's getting some confidence. If you saw him on offense today compared to I don't know mid last season mid last season's not fair cuz he was like just starting to play with the team but he's taken huge strides he's he hit a 3 tonight with a man right in his face that was just unfathomable for him last season if he continues to develop real legit offensive tools along with his trademark defense i mean <laughs> the value of Ludor's contract just keeps going up and up and up. And it's so exciting to see. It's so exciting to see him uh, take these strides. And I I hope we can continue to see it. I hope it can be consistent. I think that's the key for him. If he can be a consistent offensive threat to where guys can't sag off of him, like you see with um, Golden State and Draymond Green, for example. If Dort can bring the defensive presence without being that offensive liability, he's going to bring such a, a, a stronger dimension to this team than if he was just a defensive specialist. We also have to talk about Poku. So before the game, our guy, Nick, Nick Crane, he was at the game. He was live up, up in the press zone, fancy boy with his press pass. And he noted that before the game, Poku was really kind of grabbing his right arm. A lot. He was kind of touching the the tricep area. He was grabbing it, rubbing it, seemed to be pretty uncomfortable, went back to the locker room just a few minutes before tip, was still in there during pregame introductions, was announced as a starter, but, you know, wasn't on the bench to run up and high five his teammates like he would be in front of the, the empty Chesapeake arena, started the game, played eight minutes, went back to the locker room and never returned. This is something to watch with Poku. You know we didn't get any more information from that at at the time of this recording. Maybe they're gonna say more in the post game press press conference. Maybe we find out more tomorrow. Who knows, But as of right now, it's definitely something to monitor uh eight minutes from Poku when he was very visibly kind of grabbing that shoulder it will be interesting to see what kind of injury that looks like again, going back to that kind of thunder philosophy this season. If they're playing things very conservatively, depending on what type of injury this is, what's causing that it, it could be a bit for Poku. And that makes me sad. Uh, it's no secret that Poku is a joy to watch on the court. Uh I think I was reading the tank diaries from Tyler Parker He's fantastic. You should go listen to our podcast where we had him as a guest. He was a great guest and his tank diaries are fantastic reads. Um, but he was talking about how you just, you can't take your eyes off of him. And that's exactly how I feel when Poku's on the court, I can't take my eyes off of him. He even like pretty early in the game, had like a penguin belly slide out behind the three point arc. Like even in limited action, Poku still puts on a show and I'm here for it. I am all the way in on the Poku experience. Next guy we have to talk about, Tony Bradley. I love it when they uh, when they get to have their their, not revenge game, but, you know, play their old teammates. That's what I'm looking for. Tony Bradley traded to Oklahoma City from the Sixers, goes out tonight and throws up a double-double in, like, the sneakiest double-double of all time. <laughs> like, honestly, I'm not sure I even realized Tony Bradley had a double-double until somebody on the broadcast said, Tony Bradley has a double-double. 16 points, 14 boards, three blocks. And that is on seven of 11 shooting from the floor. Solid night from Tony Bradley getting to go up against his old teammates. A tough task when you have Joel Embiid on the inside. MVP candidate Joel Embiid, who had an MVP caliber night. And I think that it, it was a solid showing for Tony Bradley. Like I said, it was quiet. But really solid numbers for him. Best numbers he's put up in his short tenure with the Thunder. And I think uh it, it's always fun to see see that kind of performance against his old teammates. Other notable stat lines, Ty Jerome, twelve points, four boards, five assists. Moses Brown, six points, six rebounds, a half almost a, a baby double double. Maladone, eight points, five assists. You know, the thing with Maladon tonight, O of three from the free throw line, those all came on the same trip. And we talked earlier about the abysmal free throw shooting for OKC. And that that really kind of sums it up. Uh, Teo Maladon, not that bad of a free throw shooter, but just that kind of night for OKC. That sums up kind of the overview of the stats and some of the storylines from tonight. The last thing I want to touch on before we dive into some questions. Uh, so if you have questions, drop them in the chat or hit that request to speak button. We'll be sure to get you on stage. so You can ask it live, but I'd be remiss if I did not talk about Tortuga. Gabriel Deck signed, allegedly, from Real Madrid, the Argentine forward headed to Oklahoma City in the near future. Nothing's been formally announced by the team. Nothing's been formally said about his contract, though it's reported that it is roughly three years, $4 million a year. So if you're wondering why somebody would leave Real Madrid headed uh, or in the middle of the playoffs to come to Oklahoma City, that's why money talks. Uh, That's pretty easy. But a really interesting signing and one that I'm really curious to see kind of what the front office's thoughts are behind it. He's 26 which doesn't sound old unless you look at the Thunder. Uh, The Thunder just stupidly young. Like (laughs) the lineup they started tonight, someone tweeted, uh, let me get the attribution here. It is the youngest lineup ever. The youngest starting lineup ever. An average age of 20 years, eight months, and six days. That math done by Warner West. I can't take credit for that. Also, Thunder Film Room tweeted that it was a a significant amount younger than the starting lineup for the Baylor Bears in the national championship game the other night. So, uh, fascinating place to be if you're the Thunder. But 26 years old is, is not on the same time frame as the rest of the Thunder guys. Now, that said, money, as we mentioned, the $4 million seems high. And the biggest driver behind that, as is pointed out in our chat right now, uh, is salary floor. Oklahoma City was under the salary floor. That money was going to come out no matter what. Might as well pay it to Gabriel Deck. Why not? I'm interested to see what he can do. I'm a type of person that can talk myself into anybody uh, at any time, especially young guys. I probably get too optimistic about them, if you couldn't tell from my swooning about Poku earlier, but Watching some highlights of him the last couple days got me excited. Uh, he's got some athleticism. Three point shooting sounds like is his weakness, so fits the the you know the classic Presti mold there. But I'm interested to see what he can do. I would also like to welcome uh, all the Argentine followers to our podcast. We've enjoyed. Fans from all over the globe tuning in, especially, you know, our biggest contingent in Australia and New Zealand. And, you know, I'm hopeful. I think, I think Argentina could hold their own. uh, I think
0: we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash blue wire. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: I think our Argentina can do it. And as, as silver points out, Uh, in the chat right now, the Thunder Spurs. You know, we have Tao Maladon, the French point guard, Tony Parker, protege. Now we have our Argentine forward. I just need to know, does that mean we're going to, are we drafting Tim Duncan? Are we drafting David Robinson? Who, Who, who are we getting in the draft this year? Interesting. We know, we know that Presti loves his Spurs history. So who knows? Who knows?
3: Like any good team, According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply.
2: The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything
1: All right. Let's jump to some questions. We have a speaker request. Let's get Dustin up on stage. Dustin, how's it going, man?
4: Hey, Justin, how are you doing? Uh, thanks for having me up. Uh, hope you're having a good night.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Do you have a question for me?
4: Um, Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I was just curious. Um, I I'm sorry, I tuned out for like the past thirty seconds. I got a message. <laughs> I was reading it, but like, oh,
1: no, you're all good. Did
4: you did you mention um, that we are also bringing over? Um, this, I think you pronounce his name Vasiliki Mitchich?
1: Yes, Mitchich. I did not mention mention Michich. Uh Mitchich <laughs> is interesting as well. Uh, he was, you know, acquired last summer, but one of those uh, acquired players that you don't really know if he's going to come over, if he's ever going to step foot in the U S looks like he's coming. We'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of what his role looks like on the team. This is my take on Mitchich and a little bit of deck as well. I, I'm interested to see deck play, but I'm a little hesitant because I, I really want to see the young guys play. That's kind of where my head's at. Like if we're going all in on youth development, then let's go all in on youth development. Do I really want to give a bunch of minutes to these guys that are probably not part of the thunders long-term future? I don't know if that's super exciting for me. I think, you know, from the business side of things, from all that kind of stuff, I think that makes plenty of sense, but I don't know. I I'd rather see those minutes go to the young guys that the Thunder already have. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they get used. Is it really just to kind of get them around the team specifically with Mitchich, And then we also have Kreshi who, uh, you know, has been around and, and has been kind of, I think training with some of the G league staff a little bit, but <laughs> seeing some of those guys, like, is it really just to kind of get them around the team and less so about minutes on the floor during an NBA game? I don't know. Um, I did see on Mitch uh Instagram story today that he had a, a stack of about 50 shoe boxes of Adidas. So he's going to be well fitted whenever he gets to Oklahoma city.
4: Very nice. Yes. Um, and a, and a note on Kretschke Kretschke's probably still rehabbing his torn ACL. If I had to guess. Right. Um, I was a, I was very big on Kretschke. Um, uh, I, I, so I cover the draft every year and I think nice. I was the, I think I was the only guy um that I could find because I was like actively searching for other people who had Vic Kretschke on their big board and I did not see anyone else with Vic Kretschke on their big board I had him <laughs> at number I had him at number 32 on my my big board out of like 70 guys ranked and uh interestingly enough I I, I dropped him to about like you know like 57 because of the ACL because yeah right because I thought like ah, oh, that's like very concerning but I guess I, you know, overestimated that, and the Thunder took him thirty-seven. I was so shocked that that the guy that I was so high on we took, and I was so happy. Um, but you know, it's
1: rare, it's rare that you guess right with Sam Presti. So well done.
4: Well, I've been watching the Thunder, you know, ever since they, you know, since Presti was GM, right? Like the, yeah. I just kind of my fandom of NBA lined up perfectly with Sam Presti's uh, birth. Um, of b- becoming a GM and, um, but I want to, I want to say this and I, or I guess like ask this um, bit of a, you know, uh, I guess a theory of mine, um, but also a question. Cause I want to see what you think about this. I think these moves, right? Like I understand we need to get, you know, to the salary floor, but I think, you know, you could, I can kind of see something coming. I don't know. May- maybe it's just an instinctual feeling because I know how Presty likes you know, likes to kind of operate. And I think that we're going to make a big draft day trade. I just feel it coming. Mm-hmm. I think these are preemptive moves, the, you know, bringing over Mitchich, um, bringing over um, deck, as you mentioned. Um, I think that uh, we have a ton of young guys. I don't think we can realistically develop all of them. Right. So I can see a team um, at the top of the draft, uh, possibly, or maybe even, you know, somewhere a little bit lower in the draft that where we want to improve our, our second pick that we're going to have, right? Um, say, hey, you know, we think a Kenrich Williams is interesting. Or, hey, we think Darius Baisley is interesting enough to where that is seen as good value um, as part of a larger trade. And then we have, you know, we're not worried about losing those guys because we have, you know... Um, a couple of guys coming in that, that could probably, you know, provide some minutes until we can maybe uh you know, find, you know, the long term solution of those spots in, in guys like Kretschke or Mitchich or um Deck and, and what have you. So um with that being said, do you think that this could be presti gearing up for a uh, a larger trade um let's say come off season or maybe um on draft day?
1: Yeah. That's fascinating. You know, with Presti, you can never rule out draft day trades, especially splashy ones. I think this year's extra interest interesting to me because of, like you mentioned, the two potential lottery picks that Oklahoma City could have at their disposal. I think, you know, depending on where those picks shake out getting something that you can package together to move up has always been something that i found very attractive when i'm i'm thinking through kind of draft night scenarios what i hadn't really thought about much until you just asked that question but is fascinating is you know what about other players that get thrown in as part of that i think you look at you know the guys the thunder have on the roster i think anybody is expendable with the exception of Shay, and then there's tears here. You know, Shay's not going anywhere. Then I'd put Dort kind of in in a second tier by himself. Maybe Poku starts to tap into that territory just because of his youth. Basley could I could be convinced Basley's in that territory, and then Teo's probably in that tier as well. Everybody else though is on the table, and I think when you look at a draft night trade, if there's a guy that Presty wants if he's dead set on Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley or whoever it is, then there's, there's so many avenues for Presti to go acquire that player because of the capital he has because of the number of future draft picks he has because of just the number of, to your point, like kind of good solid players that he has on the roster right now and maybe bringing over deck and Mitchich and crazy is is part of that plan as well to give him just some additional pieces, additional assets, whether those guys get moved or whether they stick around when other guys get moved. I think what, the one thing that I feel confident in saying about Sam Presty is that he's probably thinking 10 steps ahead of what I am and what most other people are. So whatever these moves are, you know, they're not superfluous. They're not just kind of like random moves. We may not fully understand the intent, but knowing Presty, it's something that's very calculated. It's something that's done with a long-term goal in mind, and it's going to be really exciting to see what that long-term goal is and watch it as it unfolds.
4: Good question. Hey, thanks a lot, Justin. Um, I'll give some time to somebody else who wants to ask a question, but hey, thanks for hosting this room, man. Yeah, you bet. Always, always a big fan of anybody who wants to you know, come in and talk Thunder on the locker room because you I, bet it feels like I've been the only one, only Thunder <laughs> fan on the locker room. Um, for, for we're trying to day. get those
1: numbers up, we're trying to get <laughs> those numbers going. up. Thanks, <laughs> take care. We have a good, good question in the chat What was Presti doing in the G League bubble? It's been reported often, uh, lately. And and kind of going back to when the G League bubble was going on, that Sam Presti spent some time down there. He was in the G League bubble, scouting players, scouting draft picks, watching Poku and Moses up close. There's so many different uh, options to this. It's probably a little bit of all of those. I like to think that he was, you know, just really scouting the G League Ignite team, but I think a lot of that. If if it were me, you think about this last year when, you know, talent evaluation was really so hindered by COVID, you know, they weren't allowed to travel internationally like they would have been. They weren't allowed to, you know, obviously not as many college games that they could go watch, not, not being able to see as much basketball being played in person that the G League bubble, if he's trying to get a look at those Ignite guys, that's a, that's a great way to do it. I think also, you know, taking a look at, at Moses Brown, watching Poku in person, that's probably a, a part of it as well. But I think that getting a feel for those guys as they can play, you know, in the flesh, there's only so much you can take away from tape and and remote evaluations. But, you know, getting a chance to, to watch some of those guys up close. I don't know if you're if you're a. The betting type. Maybe you go throw down some odds on uh, Kaminga and Jalen Green, and, and and see see how that plays out. Uh, but I think it's I think it's fascinating, and it's fun to try to piece all these puzzle pieces together as we get closer to the draft. Um, comment in the chat from Charles Coriel. They probably wouldn't be able to move up without giving up a Poku, Dort, Bays, etc. A package of Jerome, Kenrich, and Picks doesn't get it done. I think that's dead on. I think one of those guys... That's why I, I kind of separate players into tiers. You know, a Poku, Dort, Bays, if that, if you consider that your um, second tier, then that's probably... One of those guys, to your point, if not more, has to go. Uh, I think that's that's kind of how you can look at this roster of you know who's who's on the chopping block and and who's not and who's expendable. It's going to be fascinating. I think you know the thing that that you have to take away from this, if you follow the Thunder, is roster turnovers—the name of the game. Not just for a rebuilding team, but the NBA as a whole. Players just don't stick around that long, and I think that it's. It's going to be tough uh, as as we get attached to these guys. I mean, I'm going to be I'm at the point where I'm going to be devastated the day Kenny Hustle gets traded. But I also know that that's probably a really likely possibility in the next couple of years. Uh, but I think that you know it's just going to be it's going to be part of the game. So it'll be fascinating to see who from this roster when you look at it. You know, is it a Ty Jerome that sticks around? Does Fee stick around? I think there's always going to be some part of this team now uh, that that becomes a part of the next great championship contending Thunder team. Parting thoughts before I go tonight, Um, you know, the tank rolls on. I think that's that's the biggest takeaway is this Thunder team, although they brought back Bays and Dort tonight and were able to, you know, it was slightly closer than their last few games have been, which is which is saying something. Uh, but it is the 76ers. They are an Eastern conference. Number two, they're a title contending team. I believe they're actually tied after tonight's loss to the Lakers with the nets Um, or, or they're right there with them if they're not tied. But regardless um, the Sixers are, are gunning for a title, the thunder are gunning for lottery balls, and they're in two totally different places. It's what we've seen from OKC now uh, for a large number of games in a row really kind of gotten their hopes for a top lottery pick back on track if you're if you're tracking ping pong balls oklahoma city's done a remarkable turnaround in terms of positioning for you know getting into that five six spot in terms of lottery odds and with the stretch that's coming up they're going to have more opportunities to increase their chances next game at utah on tuesday night then they immediately fly back to oklahoma city for a game against golden state a uh, few games later, they have a huge game against uh, Washington, huge in terms of uh, you know lottery odds. Then they play Philly again, then Boston, then New Orleans, then Indiana, then Phoenix. That's that's a big stretch. I think there's there's opportunities for OKC to continue uh, to improve their lottery odds. And I think that, you know, if if this team continues to trot out the rosters, like they have been, if you know, Poku is out for any extended period of time, it's going to be fascinating to watch, you know, really how the thunder are able to control their draft futures through this final stretch of the season. I think that'll do it for my breakdown of tonight's game. If you don't already be sure to subscribe to our podcast, uh, Make sure you follow the uncontested podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tune in tomorrow night, Sunday night at 9 PM. We do a live show every Sunday night streams live on YouTube and on Facebook. We have a lot of fun. We love the interaction, uh, just like tonight here on locker room, but then you get to see our beautiful faces. Uh, so be sure to hang out. We we do that every week and then post game shows live on locker room after every single game. Lots to talk about over the coming weeks and months as the Thunder head towards this very, very important draft. Thank you so much for te- checking out the show tonight. And until next time, Thunder up.
2: About McDonald's
3: all day, can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal.
0: There's a deal for every moment
3: at
2: McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just three fifty. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.